Hello, and welcome to Nick Flanagan Weekly. I am recording this live. YouTube streaming it, because I am a wild man. Is this the best way to stream? Tell me if so. I think I'm youtube.com slash Nick Flanagan, maybe. I don't know. Check that out if you want to subscribe. This is Nick Flanagan Weekly, W-E-A-K-L-Y. A four-time-a-week podcast where I talk about all kinds of things that a man who lives in Toronto and has been to a lot of places around the world and takes a lot of space and has issues with TMI and is nervous around people that he reveres would talk about. All of the stuff that someone like that would talk about. I'm wearing a hoodie. I'm going to take it off. It's just not that kind of a night. It's cool today. Yesterday was much cooler. Today was still cool. And you ask me, I think that's cool. Because you just get to put on your your little light coat and the breeze wafts through your arms and you maybe if you don't shave, your face is warmer. I did shave today. I met up with a couple of friends today, one of whom is the brother of somebody who I'm going to talk about tomorrow. I'm going to dedicate my episode tomorrow to McCasey Arthur, a wonderful comedian from Toronto. Those who are listening will know, or uh, some of those listening will know who I'm talking about. And those who do not know who I'm talking about, I hope when I talk about him tomorrow, it'll... uh, um, you know, really uh, make you learn some stuff about a really great guy. And yeah, my neck today, I used a new razor and it's, uh, it's a blood fest. I swear to God, I was like, am I committing suicide? And I came back home and I had that thing where your like cuts all sort of clotted together to form this like massive scab pile. And I was like, I hung out with somebody for two hours with this, I actually was having uh, coffee with Aisha, who is uh, so far the only guest on this show, Aisha Brown. We were talking about all kinds of things. What were we talking about, you might ask? What would two comedians talk about? Not really Louis C.K. We, we covered that in the interview. Um, I had just seen a negative comment about Norm MacDonald uh, and his opinions on things, and I had not read this Vulture article. She told me she had and shared her opinion on it, which I will not share because that is private. But I can share my opinion because I've read the article now and also the Hollywood Reporter article. I mean, he didn't even really get interviewed by Vulture. Vulture just summarized the Hollywood Reporter article, which is... I think when they're talking about fake news, they're talking about the fact that articles have become summaries of other articles. Like, that is truly a form of, if not fake news, very lazy news and very controlled news. Like, it's somebody just picking, literally picking out what you might be interested in. So you better trust their curation or else just click another link and read the entire article, which is what I would suggest. It takes no time and it uh, it distracts from the horror of day-to-day living. By the way, if Norm MacDonald is watching... Which would make no sense at all. Um, call call me. I'll put you on speaker and we can have a very awkward conversation. 
but that's not going to happen because that would be insane. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, I'm seeing a lot of um, irritation with Norm MacDonald, uh, who, if you don't know who Norm MacDonald is, he's a comedian from Ottawa Valley area of Canada, was the newsman on Saturday Night Live. I don't think I need to tell you all of that stuff. Has had a career that became very niche, is very worshipped, I would say, by a select group of people. And most of those people have been following him his entire career. And so he gets a lot of leeway, I think, from people of all types of beliefs who have followed him for a long period of time, which maybe is a a couple million people. I don't know. Norm has always said provocative things. There was a period of time in history when him saying provocative things people thought of it as punk rock what did he say in this interview i almost don't want to tell you because i'd like you to read these articles but i will say that he talked about being basically mentioned he's friends with roseanne and and louis ck insisted roseanne wasn't racist said he instigated a phone call between louis ck and roseanne which sounds like a hilarious thing and i hope somebody secretly recorded it because we should all get to hear that. And um, he also said that Trump wasn't that bad. And he uh, he criticized Nanette, the special Nanette, as being considered stand-up comedy when he hadn't seen it but said it was a one-man show or a one-woman show. And he complimented one-man shows. He said they're very powerful. And that losing the distinction between the two uh, made no sense. So this resulted in people reminding him that he did, uh, people bringing up that he didn't want to do Weekend Update with a female co-host. People bringing up that he didn't think racism existed until seeing What is America? Who is America? That was called What is America? And, uh... That's not really what he said in the interview. He said he hadn't realized how much racism there was on the right until he saw that. And um, I was surprised. I think everyone who saw that episode four that I talked about with with the town hall meeting, I think everybody was shocked at, at exactly what was happening there. So I got what he was saying. And I think Norm MacDonald purposely digs himself a hole that narrows his fan base to only people who either agree with these thoughts that he winds up getting at through reverse logic and all that stuff, or, you know, people who sort of let that slide. And I think I'm more in the, I mean, it's hard. I, I don't even view any of this talk as anything more than helping advertise his Netflix series. He has a new Netflix series. And that's the thing, is that these attitudes he's presenting, which, I mean, to me, they're they're almost not no, noteworthy. And I guess that's maybe why people have problems with him, is because he's considered noteworthy or somebody worth listening to and, I don't know, forming human, like, personal policy based on him, which is not what I do. I don't really do that with any comedian. And I don't think you should. Whether it's Hannah Gadsby or 
you know, me <laughs> or Norm Macdonald or, you know, Sam J. Like, uh, I think that when Charles Barkley said we are not role models about I'm not a role model about being an athlete, I definitely think that has a lot to do with comedians. And just because a comedian is, is saying the thing that other people don't want to say, um, it doesn't mean that everybody should do that. Because what a horrible world that is to live in. And guess what? That's the world we're living in. <laughs> Everybody's just saying what they want to say, and it's horrible. So that's my long and short. And I, I tweeted out dies on like that I would I am dying on the Norm Macdonald Hill. And I am dying on the Norm Macdonald Hill. I can't get too mad at Norm Macdonald as a entertainer, which is the only context I have of him. To because personal reasons really. I mean, when I was young, very young, I'm going to tell you about my origin story, as they call it on podcasts. You want to hear my origin story? Okay, I'll tell you. Get ready for an origin story, folks. Hi, my name's Nick, and when I was 14 years old, I went to a new school. And on the first day of school, which was a half day, Howard Stern began to air in Toronto and I'd never heard Howard Stern before I'd only read about Howard Stern in Mad Magazine seen parodies of Howard Stern this long haired abrasive man and then I listened to him and he interviewed the Spice Girls and it was like nothing I'd heard before and I listen to Howard Stern to this day and you should know that about me the second thing that happened was Norm Macdonald, who my friends and I were big fans of, so maybe this was actually 10th grade, um, he was filming Dirty Work, his movie with Artie Lang, up the street from my school and from where my friend lived. So me and my childhood friends, Andrew and Dave, whom I'm still friends with to this day, um, I'm in a band with Andrew called Wrong Hole, we went and watched Dirty Work be filmed. And we watched Chris Farley do a scene with Norm MacDonald. We saw Bob Saget. We saw Artie Lang. We had a moment with Norm. Artie Lang said something, you know. I guess you could call it homophobic. Or at least you could call it a gay joke, as they called them in the 90s. Just a classic gay joke. This is what those boys did. And, uh, I mean, it was so thrilling to see this movie getting made with these people whose abrasiveness and general attitude I just really loved and goofiness and the fact that they, like, wore shirts that didn't fit, the fact they sort of didn't do quality control on their movies. <laughs> it was all stuff that really resonated with young me. 
And ever since then, it's just, and of course, it's talk show appearances. I mean, I would watch talk shows that Norm MacDonald was on. We would marvel at the things he would say. We would marvel at the same way at Scott Thompson's talk show appearances in the 1990s and a lot of, and a few other people. And yeah, I've witnessed Norm over the years. And a lot of the time he's had attitudes that seem childish and designed to needle and annoy. He gambles. He is literally a compulsive gambler. And I think that could extend to his stand-up to some point, to some amount. So, and, and more than that, more than that, is the idea that he is friends with these two people who have had a great deal of hatred from strangers. I'm not saying it's unjustified. But people who have been castigated by hundreds of thousands of people they don't know? Tens of thousands? I don't know. Louis C.K. and Roseanne. And um, he, he just, I think for us, and when I say us, I mean the mob. And when I say the mob, I mean like a small sliver of humans who are like truly invested in this issue. Which I don't even know if I'm part of. But when I say truly invested, I mean we'll think about. And don't worry, I'm going to go to the other side of this in a second if you think that I'm sympathizing too much. But the question about strangers pressuring someone to publicly condemn people they know who we're friends with, who they've gotten money from. That's a hard sell. That's all I'm saying. It's a hard sell. It's a hard sell when you think that people on the other side do have agendas, are making money. As I was talking to my friend about, Roseanne got this show. We are talking about this with Aisha. Roseanne got this show and... She'd been doing tweets like this for 10 years, and she still got a show. She still got Roseanne made because money was talking. And now they found a way to make money off of it while getting the stink away. And with Louis C.K., I don't even know. I mean, I don't even know where to start with all of that. Because I've already dealt with that. I've already talked about it. But Roseanne... Those people, asking people to sort of, separate themselves from people they're friends with and they've known and they've never known you. I don't know when that's worked ever. So maybe a different tack is worth taking or not. I don't know. I mean, Norm's views on female comedians definitely upset me. I don't know if upset's the right word. I just disagree with them. You know, I don't even, I'm rarely truly upset when I'm upset. And I doubt that many people are. They're just annoyed by somebody out there giving voice to something that they think hurts them in a roundabout way. And 
So, yeah, he said something about women not being funny, but my friend Rebecca Kohler opened up for him in Toronto, and she did great. I was at the show, and everyone liked her. All the fans laughed. And if it had been Aisha opening for him, it probably would have been really funny too. So in other words, there's what he's saying and there's what he's doing. And I think what you're doing is more important than what you're saying. As they say, actions talk way bigger than word. That's it. I have almost 20 minutes of stuff to say about Norm MacDonald. (laughs) And I could say more. All because I watched his movie getting filmed when I was 15 or 14. That's the power of engaging with your fan base at an early age. Not that he did engage that much. I also met him at a party years later and told him I was a fan and that I saw he was coming to Toronto soon. And he said, yeah, we should get a beer when, we're, when you're over there. I was like, that's my favorite lie. <laughs> like, hey, yeah, we should get a beer. I'm like, do you drink? <laughs> okay, I guess I'm getting a beer with Norm MacDonald, even though I have no means of contacting him. Anyway, I'm on new ADHD pills. Is it obvious? Do I seem sped up? So yeah, I'm on new ADHD pills. They're pretty good. Foquesta. I feel a little more engaged. I'm now a person who's officially on a drug cocktail. And I'm not afraid to tell you that. If it comes down to it, you gotta do it. If you are making up your own system of how to live through life, that is beautiful and that is fine. But if you find that that system is flawed and you're slipping, don't be afraid to seek help. Very important in life is to ask for help as many times as possible. Even when you don't need it. (laughs) Beg for help from everyone around you at all times. Happy September 11th to all my listeners. I hope you guys are enjoying the jazz that's playing behind my voice. It's royalty free, you know. Okay. I'm now going to talk about viewer mail. Can I, listener mail? Can I move on? Um, yeah. So the first question that Sean asked me, that's Sean... S-H-A-W-N. And you, too, can write me questions or comments if you want at W-E-A-K-L-Y podcast at gmail.com. Follow me at Nick Flanagan Weekly on Instagram. Subscribe. Review. All of that stuff really helps. I'm on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean. I have a lot of, a lot of followers on Podbean. That's cool. Anyway... Um, Sean says, do you still play Fortnite? Yes, I do. I do still play Fortnite. I'm having a great time playing it. Thank you very much. I got a lot of kills the other day. And uh, my name on uh, the Epic Games and for other games is Mr. Jicky Boy. M-R-J-I-C-K-Y-B-O-Y. Feel free to friend me there. I'm on Twitch as Chaos Cap. Chaos underscore Cap. We can play together. I don't mind. I need friends. You know? 
This is a lonely world. You need as many friends as you're going to get. That was all what we learned from the MySpace revolution. But now I have too many friends on Facebook, and I don't know what to do with it. I've had that news, news feed disabled for years now. It's great. So yes, I'm still playing Fortnite. Slowly getting better at it. Love the game. Love Season 5. And then she says, As an introvert, referring to myself, obviously, I wonder if you've ever felt like you shared too much. And she says, I do that often because I'm an odd person and I'm somewhat ob oblivious to being a normal person. I get told not to tell people that kind of stuff. Ha ha. I wish people would tell me what not to say. I just blather it all out, as you can see. And uh, I don't think I'm an introvert, although I'm alone right now. Or am I? Um, yeah, I regret what I say a lot of the time. I mean, there's lots of things that I'm not sure. I'm kind of even entering this podcasting thing and talking about being on pills and talking about how I, even talking about my beliefs about something like Norm Macdonald, I feel like that stuff opens me up to criticism or lack of trust or somehow I'm losing out on jobs. Right before podcasting, my mother told me I'm not always realistic. And I think that that lack of realism might have to do with the idea that by sharing complete weakness... I'm somehow going to be allowed to mingle in society normally. But I also think that it's a leap of faith, to be honest. And as long as I'm not criticizing you or saying something horrible to you and the self-deprecation and revelatory revealingness is limited to myself then it's okay. So that's the answer to that introvert question. Um, second, or third question is, oh, she also added to the introvert question, the stuff I talk about isn't pervy or anything. It's stuff that interests me and not a lot of other people, like astral projection or dream sharing. Stuff everybody can do but nobody knows about. So just don't think she was being pervy with the stuff she talks about. Um, astral projection and dream sharing. Those are interesting subjects. I'd love to hear more, but some other time. And then she says, are you ever going to do a music avenue again? What was the good of, and bad stuff of being in a band? And what were the, she asked a lot of questions in the last one, so I'll go one by one. Are you ever going to do a music avenue again? Uh, I did some videos, if you look at my YouTube, where I uh, sang on Snapchat over a karaoke of Leonard Cohen in sped up voices. And I'm also in Wrong Hole. I have a band called Wrong Hole. We have Bandcamp. So if you look up wronghole.bandcamp.com, that's uh, wronghole music at bandcamp.com. Uh, you can hear us in our album 2012, which was out on Pleasance Records, as well as P Trash, RIP Peter from P Trash. Yeah, so I, I have that, and Andrew is my friend who I mentioned earlier. We're in wrong hole together, and I think that we're going to do stuff while I'm in Toronto and, and hopefully put out a record or at least make a record because I, I love 
doing music. It's been so long since I've toured. It's been so musically. It's been so long since I've really raised my voice in punk anger. So, you know, I'm not really sure what vibe I'm in these days. I listen to a lot of quiet music. The music that you hear playing in the background is like what my jams are these days to a large extent. Although, you know, I am throwing on kamikaze so I can, when I want to do reps and curls and squats. Mm. But yeah, mostly it's like Bill Evans, Coleman Hawkins. Some other stuff like that. So, yeah, and I don't have any musical talent in that arena. Like, I can't be a Billie Holiday-esque vocalist. (laughs) I can't even be a Harry Connick Jr. Who has a talk show? (laughs) That came out of nowhere. I'm glad that I'm starting a podcast the same time Harry Connick Jr. has has a talk show. It makes me happy. Next question is, what was the good and bad stuff of being in a band? This is kind of, what was the good and bad stuff of being in a band? I'll like put a pin in that. That's a fun topic worth discussing in a later podcast. I mean, you know, anyone who's done music is intimately familiar with the good and bad stuff. There's good, there's bad, often at the same time. Profound things I learned. Um... Being in a band, I saw someone talking about that. I saw Paul McCartney on Stern, on Howard Stern today, was talking about uh, how he made up with all the other members of the Beatles. And uh, before um, John Lennon died, he made up. They they made up, and uh, after fighting beyond their initial breakup, uh, and he said, "Because we're, we're family." Oh, you know, we did it because we're family. Oh, you know, I broke up when the band broke up, and then we had some less fights. Well, now we're family, we're family, so we can't... We can't fight forever. We're family. Oh, we're family. You don't want to fight forever. So uh, that was what he said. I believe that's a direct quote. Um, bands are cool because you form a bond with people... That is like one quarter resentment, one quarter, uh, three quarters respect, and it's just always kind of going up and down. That's kind of fascinating. Yeah. Um, other profound things I learned was just travel. You know, you you just the more that you travel and meet large groups of people, the more, um, hopefully, the more you uh, learn about the world. And actually, that reminds me. I have something I want to share. Give me a second. Sup. Um, when I was in Malmo, Sweden with my band Brutal Nights, I, uh, we played a, a show... And a man there said, Did you know that I made a pin where... Did you ever see an art... I read on the internet there was a website. He said, I read on the internet there was a website. And 
It said that you could see Jabba the Hutt in the 9-11 smoke. The image of Jabba the Hutt. Okay, that impression got very problematic very fast, but it was an attempt at a Scandinavian accent. He said that Jabba the Hutt's face was visible in the smoke of the WTC. And I said, what? And he said, yeah, so I made a pin. And... Jabba the Hutt's face in the World Trade Center smoke. And then the words, who is responsible? Feels like as good a time as any to sign off. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. This has been a special live-streamed edition of Nick Flanagan Weekly. I'm Nick Flanagan. Weekly. Write weeklypodcast at gmail.com. Nick Flan Weekly is my Twitter. I gave all of that earlier. At the Flans, if you want my comedy Twitter. Mm, I put a donate button on my Twitch, which is Chaos Cap. I'm probably going to stream Fortnite soon, too. God, what am I doing? All right. Thanks. <laughs>